Welcome to No Compromises, a peek into the mind of two old web devs who have seen some things. This is Joel. And this is Aaron. We were recently starting up on a new, new to us legacy project, and it didn't have any sort of error tracking or comprehensive logging strategy or anything like that. And so we were setting that up, right? And we use bug snag. Uh, and after what, like a day in production, there were so many errors being logged in production that it was actually throttling our bug snag account. <laughs> and so this was uh, not an ideal scenario, but thinking about it and uh, considering our topic for today, I thought it was kind of a, a good way to kick off the discussion because there's, there's reasons, even if you don't have this extreme of a situation, there's reasons why you want to pay attention to things like logs or error trackers and not let them get out of hand or let them get too noisy and just kind of have, have a method for dealing with it. And so we'll talk about how we do that and kind of the benefits of that, of taking that seriously. I think it's important that we talk about the reasons why, because mm -hmm. uh, in the past, as a as a dev team leader, I've told my teams clear out these logs, get us down to nothing except for you know fatal errors or whatever. And I never thought I needed to explain why. To me, it was just uh, obvious, quote <laughs> obvious, right? Um, and I received a lot of pushback. And, and you know, sometimes that's annoying, but other times it's just developers not understanding why they're being asked to do something that seems mundane. Um, and so I think it's good that we kind of talk about these reasons. Yeah, I mean, it, it could be viewed as busy work. Like, who cares, right? right? <laughs> so um, I'll, I'll kind of throw out like the first reason I think of, and, and these are in no particular order, but one main reason is just the more noise you have in your logs or your bug tracker, the harder it is to actually know when something bad is happening. And, and like in this case, the default way, or I guess not the default, but the way we set up bug snag is that it would even report things like notices and, and info level warnings, not just unhandled exceptions, but it, it was reporting quite a lot of things too. And the reason we do that is, is obviously because especially when it's a newer code base too, you want to know a little bit more about the, the code, you know, so those notices kind of tell you areas where the coding might be a little bit more lax or loose. Um, and, and in general, in my experience, those places have been where then more bugs can pop up, where yeah. it's either programming bugs, you know, errors, or just things just happen to resolve in a way accidentally correct for the longest time, but no one actually knows why. Um, nice. And so the, yeah. those notices and things like that also help give you the, the whole idea of, of what's going on in the project. Mm -hmm. so, so in our case, we're extra sensitive to not breaking anything coming in new to a project. And so just imagine like there's 2000 errors in an eight hour period normally. Well, now you we deploy something and maybe we introduce a bug. Well, now there's 2002, like you're not gonna notice that. That's, that's where the noise comes into play. But even on a long running project that you've been in for a while, that noise to signal, or I guess signal to noise <laughs> ratio, mm -hmm. the way I hear it expressed more often, it's good to have that as, as low as possible so that you can actually hear or detect when something's going on without having to pay really close attention to make sure nothing slips through that you would normally just ignore. Yeah. And I think when you start setting up yourself to see logs and think, oh, um, I need to ignore this because it's the standard log that we always see. 
yeah. it can be really easily, you know, if you get like a hundred emails or something, then to just keep deleting those. <laughs> and then even when it says warning and, and I, I I'll pick on Joel a little bit here. I've seen Joel see the word warning and be like, success. Okay. I'm like, no, it's a warning, dude. Oh, whoops. I didn't even see that. And I think we all do that. I don't know what you're talking about. I've never done that. And my reading comprehension is perfect. Um, Yeah. Well, I mean, it'll get to a point too. I I was on a a different project with a team of developers, developers. And uh, the, the guy who was supposed to be monitoring this it was so noisy. He actually created a rule in his mail client to put them off in another folder. So like days would go by sometimes before he'd look at it. I mean, it, it preserved his sanity in, in when he looked at the inbox, but man, that really didn't have the desired effect for like why we're even reporting these things in the first case. So that's, that's kind of like the first reason I think of, do you have a reason top of mind? Yeah. I think that kind of leads into like a secondary reason, which is the mental overhead of just seeing these errors and being able to process them and, and whatnot. You know, if, mm-hmm. if you're getting into a situation where you have to set up special rules to ignore certain types of errors and stuff, you're just making work for yourself or whatever yeah. without understanding what's going on here. There's, there's another thing too, where I know people will argue um, with me till the day they die, but I think that the, the difference between someone who has like a kind of a inbox zero versus someone who has 10,000 messages <laughs> There's just a difference in how they feel about when they open their email yeah. too, you know? And so when you open your logging system and you see, oh, it's been a day and there's 10,000 log entries, you know, for things that aren't necessary for me to log, I guess. Um, I think there's that weight on you where it kind of, it gets you into almost a defeatist attitude yeah. too, where you're just like, I don't even want to deal with this anymore. Yeah. It zaps your energy. I, I think, um, I can't remember which book this was. I think it was the pragmatic programmer. It used the analogy of like a building that has five broken windows. And like, after a while people like, okay, a sixth one broke, who cares? (laughs) Like, and it gets Mm -hmm. to the point where you're just so used to it. Like things get worse, not better. And that's that Mm -hmm. nobody wants to feel that way about their project. Yeah. I I think another thing too, to keep in mind with all these is that there is not only a mental load, from looking at this, but there is actually a performance load too. Mm, yeah. When, you, when you're writing out error messages or you're writing out logs that aren't necessary, it's not a lot. We shouldn't be like overly worried about it, but there yeah. is a difference between your app trying to have or having to send out 10,000 error messages in an hour <laughs> versus not having to do that. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So I think that there's, there's something there, even if you're, if you're going to ignore our first two points, there's really kind of a performance thing here uh, as well. And I should point out now that, um, at, we're not saying don't log things, you know, that's, that's not, Mm. that's not the point. It's not about like not logging things. It's more about when there's errors or infos on things that you don't necessarily need anymore. And so uh, when we go full circle back to our project, what we were talking about is we scheduled in some time to start parsing down these errors into like, where are the errors that we can fix? Mm -hmm. And a lot of them were notices. So it was a lot of quick null coalesce operators (laughs) we put in there Mm -hmm. and it's not great. And that's not how the project should be going forward, but it, it, it is now accurate programming. You know, it says if this, otherwise make it null versus it's, you know, before just saying, I don't know what this is. So I'll default to null. Um, there's a little bit of a difference there and it's a little bit more accurate. And it kind of explains to the next programmer too, when they see that, that it's possible in a normal working conditions for this value not to be set. Mm-hmm. I think that's important to have said, 
to them as, as, as when other programmers look at that as, hey, here is an area we know is a little bit, uh, could be a little bit different, a little bit wonky. Sometimes these variables aren't there and that that's fine. Everything still works. And then those help reduce our logs as well. Yeah. So we've shared a few ideas as to uh, why it's important to us. And, and it's a balance. As Aaron said, we scheduled some time to do this. It wasn't like, okay, we're not doing any feature work until we fix these logs, but it's a balancing act. Uh, but in the long run, your, your team will be happier and your project will be better for dealing with these things before they get out of hand. Usually when I watch a program on TV, it's recorded or it's a streaming show. And so there's, I don't have to watch commercials, but uh, recently I was watching something live like an animal and uh, <laughs> I had to watch the, uh, the commercials and there was a commercial that had people, happy people, fit, you know, energetic young people on a beach eating Taco Bell. And this was a Taco Bell commercial. And I just had the, the thought Nobody eats Taco Bell on the beach. It, like, I know, I know commercials are meant to kind of like sell an idea, but like this was such a far-fetched idea. Like nobody eats Taco Bell on the beach. Do you, do you, first of all, do you agree with my, my statement that nobody eats Taco Bell on the beach? Yeah, I can't point to a specific time in my life where I've eaten Taco Bell and then been like, that was a great decision. <laughs> Okay. Or, or, or where I thought of Taco Bell because I was having a good day. Like, <laughs> oh, it's such a good day. I should eat some Taco Bell. It's usually like, oh, I'm about ready to just pass out from hungry hunger. What's something I can jam down my throat hole? Or, um, you know, I've maybe had too many adult beverages and um, someone's driving and I'm going to yell across their lap at the drive through and they're just going to hate me. But I'm going to get a lot of fire sauces. Mm. Or just, you know, just all of this stuff. Uh, uh, no, I, I don't think any Taco Bell at the beach, you know, and I don't think there's a lot of places that you actually see people eating Taco Bell, too. Mm-mm. Like, it's it's a secret hidden sort of food. Dark private places. Yeah, because I've seen people with, like, KFC buckets, random places, or, mm-hmm. like, you know, the bags from, from McDonald's. But I don't, I don't think I've ever seen anyone in, in the daylight with Taco Bell bags. Yeah, this commercial is completely unrealistic then. I'm glad glad I wasn't alone. If you want to amp up your Laravel game, check out a new website we just launched, masteringlaravel.io. Yeah, what he said.